二句。嗨<笑><笑>。Hi. No crash. Go ahead.、Uh, okay, be funny and go. <laughs> sound like every person who finds out you do stand up, so they go, they get to tell me, oh, tell me a joke.、And、it's like, it's not how this works. I've done that before, where people go, tell me a joke, and I've told them jokes, and then I get like no response. That's happened to me once. Yeah, and I've told myself, oh. That person just doesn't know what funny is, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so different off stage when you're not in front of a crowd. S- some comedians can pull off telling a joke to one person, but there's too much pressure. Yeah, if it's not the right environment. Yeah, it's it totally comes down to environment.、Too. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I told a joke that went really well <clears throat> once when I first kind of started out. And I was like camping with my cousin for his birthday and a bunch of his like redneck fucking friends,、mm-hmm. and、uh, you know they knew I was like doing stand up and stuff. Like, oh, tell me a joke. And I was like, I, I knew I didn't have like a lot of good material still, but I was like, oh, this one's done well. I think it was something along the lines of the saddest thing about the Dark Knight shooting because it was like right around the time. <laughs> that, that, okay. The saddest thing about the Dark Knight shooting was that it didn't happen at an ICP concert or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. And then that's would, the saddest thing about any shooting. <laughs> <laughs> We should, as a country, band together and reserve all of our mass shootings <laughs> for fucking ICP's like mecca. Agreed. Festival, you know. Listen. Any of you incels out there thinking about shooting up? Don't, because then you have to take responsibility for that. I'm cutting that out. No, you don't have to cut it out yet. I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, any of you incels out there, you know what? Just、uh, stop being bad dudes. Oh, that's、yeah. what you were gonna say. Yeah, FBI, if you're listening, I'm、Correctly. just trying to spread love. <laughs> Unlike those incels. <laughs> Who are not shooting up ICP concerts because they shouldn't be shooting up anything at all. That's the real lesson here. I'm off the rails. I'm about preaching <laughs> love. I'm like a loving Alex、you、Jones saved, right now. I was just, just gonna <laughs> say. You need to go out there and just give each other hugs. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's kind of how he's on. I wouldn't know. I don't watch Alex Jones like you do. <laughs> you should. You should get I know how、him. much you love him and Kanye West. <laughs> Anywho.、Uh, <laughs> All right. How's your week going? Man, it's rough. How's yours? <sighs> Pretty rough. Feels like it's been a rough one. I feel like we've had some really good momentum, even the days where it's just a little bit. I can feel that I'm going forward. But last week, my physical therapist had like upped the intensity on my workouts, and then my feet started hurting really bad. And I've been doing my physical therapy every day, but it hasn't seemed to go down in the pain level. So I'm just hoping that if I just keep doing it, something is bound to feel better at some point. But I'm not gonna lie, when your body feels like shit, it's really hard to motivate yourself to do anything. I mean, for me, it is. Yeah, maybe we should.、Um Have you considered getting your feet amputated? You know, I thought about that, or maybe just like a foot transplant. <laughs> <laughs>、oh、maybe God, preferably like a size a size twelve in men's. Would be. <laughs> no, I want people to know how big my clit is. <laughs> <laughs> But you're gonna get some like nasty like eighty year old medically donated cadaver fucking with just the nastiest. Fucking toes and hairs and stuff. That'll be your transplant feet. Yeah, but that'll be my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would get me famous. Your other thing would be being single,、uh, <laughs> because I am not gonna be caressing those bad、yeah. boys. Because you're gonna be jealous that I have bigger feet and a bigger clit than my cock. <laughs> yeah. No, your clit would be the same size as my. Because I am like a size twelve. My clit's already bigger than your cock, and my、wow. clit's not that big right now. So、okay. now you know you're just lying. <laughs> we'll never know, will we? 
Yeah, you guys will before long. When we start recording this on this podcast uh, for YouTube, I'll whip out my cock. That'll be my vindication episode. Yeah, that'll be your vindication, and that'll be the end of, of our podcast. That'll be everything. how we go out. I'm, That's I'm fine how with everything's it. gonna <laughs> end. My dick is small. <laughs> Worth it. No, I feel like worse things have not had careers ruined, so we'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. But yeah, week's been pretty rough. I'm just kind of circling back because we got on a tangent with amputating your feet. And I know. Stuff. I'm not stupid. Oh, oh I, don't I understand what a what a tangent and a bit is. <laughs> Me and Ryan have been sad all week, so <laughs> this is the first time we've had <laughs> to just get any kind of resentment uh yeah it's like we're in the boxing ring right now yeah just like taking out our anxiety when you're in a relationship and you're both walking around being sad you start to internalize that as what's wrong with me so it's all coming out right now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah so i'm glad you've had a week full of pain <laughs> If your feet, you fucking deserve it. Uh, um. Well, you deserve an awful job uh, that makes you miserable. Wow. <laughs> what are we sad about again? I don't know. I'm so happy right wow. now. But seriously, your job is just yeah stressful, overwhelming, overwhelming, and then like just generally spinning my wheels. Like all the effort that goes into each day feels like maximum effort trying to get everything done that needs to be being prepared and it just feels like constantly each day is like coming up short and having to push off real progress or productivity till the next day and it feels kind of like a like an infinite loop yeah does it feel like every day is the same sometimes there's a bit of that yeah yeah when i had shifts back to back that were like 10 11 hour shifts they would all blur together and i wouldn't be able to tell what day was what yeah and it's just the things that compound i was kind of bitching about this in like fucking group therapy which i'm in oh, boom, boom. <laughs> because of me you're yeah. welcome yeah you've driven me to overpriced unhelpful fucking therapy um, <laughs> in all honesty how do you really feel about it i still have a generally like positive outlook in terms of it is what i make of it one of the things i was thinking about and talking about in it was you know we talk all the time about how like we don't even have kids like, i don't know how people with kids get anything done yeah i feel like i put a little bit of extra subconscious pressure to feel productive and get things done considering i don't have these other things like i should be able to get a lot done and so when a whole work day goes by and then it's like oh then like grocery shop and then like order food and like figure out what's going on and then it's suddenly it's like seven o'clock eight o'clock starting to get real tired haven't worked out today haven't prepared for tomorrow's podcast thing or whatever you know yeah. it's like shit goes by quick feels like it's hard to get a lot done yeah i get it that's what we were talking about last episode it's like it's amazing how mostly people with kids can do anything for themselves i have no idea how people with kids do anything i would be a terrible mom yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've even mentioned that to, like, one of the people in my, like, group therapy. She's a mom. She has, like, one kid and talks about, like, the challenges of stuff. And I'm just like, props to you for being able to do this and that when you've got a kid and you're dealing with all this, like, deeper level stuff than what we deal with yeah. when there's, like, a child involved. You know, complicated interpersonal dynamics with a couple and individually with the child. And yeah. it's all, like, this swirling fucking thing. But yeah, look, we're here. We're recording the episode maybe a couple days later than we would originally have liked. But we're doing it. But we're it. doing it. We're doing we're it. We're fucking doing it. One of the things that I really like that I've heard before, but you brought up doing in your group session is talking about what your highs are for the day and what your lows are for the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like the rose and thorn. Thing. Yeah, what's your rose and what's your thorn. And last night we were having a really crummy day. You and I were just really off. And I found out by looking on my calendar today that I was I started ovulating. So that really explains like my shift in mood and emotion. What's my excuse? <laughs> I blame my vagina. Wish Anyways. I had a vagina so I could blame it on that. Can I be an honorary woman? <laughs> sure. Like a degree. Oh, like a degree honor, in like being a, a woman. Yeah, like an honorary degree in vaginahood. Yeah, it's called <laughs> women's studies. That wasn't a joke. It's just a real thing yeah. that exists. Women's studies 
is a funny joke. Oh. <laughs> and a real thing. So, addendum. <laughs> hey, incels, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm one of you now. <laughs> Rose, Thorn, highs, lows. You and I were just off yesterday, had a weird day. We've both been sad from work. I've been sad because of pain. And before we went to bed, I decided to ask you what your highs and lows were. Mm-hmm. So we exchanged those. And your high was that your sister messaged you and said that she really enjoyed the podcast and gave you some like really supportive words. Yeah. And your low was there's so many to choose you, there, from. That, I think that was the when you first asked the question, you're like, what was your low? I was like, <sighs> <laughs> and then just didn't respond. Yeah. Which I think was was the perfect response. And then for me, my low was you and I being a little off. Yeah. I ended up co-signing on that. that. Yeah. yeah. Right before we went to bed, my dad had texted me, you know, we've had a little bit of a rough relationship and he said that he loved me and I said, I love you too. And then he said, I love you to the moon and back. And I said, I love you to Mars. And he said, make it Jupiter. Oh, and then you wanted to come back with the next planet, but you couldn't remember because you're a (laughs) fucking retard. (laughs) Oh, fuck off. (laughs) No, there's, Pluto, which Pluto I know is, is not, not after a... Jupiter. I mean, it's technically after Jupiter. But... All right, you fucking brainiac. Anyways, that ended up being my high, and my low was me and you just being together mm-hmm. in general. Um, <laughs> <laughs> doing that on such an awful day when we could have gone to bed feeling like, fuck, this day sucked, made me realize maybe on days like this, our highs are finding gratitude. Yeah, I used to be okay at that. Become much more jaded, so I gotta come back out of gratitude retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a useful tool. It did make me pay attention to the fact that I'm loved. You know what? We could call episode three daddy issues. (laughs) That's perfect. So if you talk about your highs and your lows, you're bound to find something that you can be grateful for. It's just that sometimes it feels like those small things don't have a lot of weight as you're exchanging words with people. Doing that on a really bad day can really make you appreciate the people in your life more, you know? Yeah. When all you're thinking about is yourself. Do we want to do the quitting story? Fuck it, we'll do it live. Okay. This week's quitting story comes from someone that I know who wants to remain anonymous because she's fucking paranoid. Who? Beep. <laughs> we'll just call her Bulga. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She's originally from Bukraine. Bukraine. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to translate her broken English from the email she sent me. And I was going to. Her Binglish. Her Binglish, yes. I was gonna try to read this in a Ukrainian accent, but I don't. I haven't Ooh. really practiced it. We can watch a clip of Vladimir Zelensky uh, giving an interview or something. Just get you in the. Mood. It's all right. Whatever. Okay. We don't need to get you turned on. <laughs> yeah, he's he is funnier than you. Oh. <laughs> okay, you ready? <clears throat> yeah, hold on. I'm still recovering from that bird. <laughs> uh, wow, that wasn't even clever. Yeah, I'm weak. What can I say? That's you all know? I have to do to get you is tell you you're not funny. Yeah, that's my kryptonite. Okay, good to know. Fuck. Put that in my back pocket. Okay, you ready? That that very flat back pocket you have. <laughs> oh, shit! You have told me you liked my butt. <sighs> oh, uh, I, I do when it's not carrying around fucking uh, kryptonite in it <sighs> against me. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Okay, you ready? Hit me, uh, Bulga. <laughs> Okay, Bulga from Bukraine says, I'm only writing this story so people would know that sometimes getting paid with a human being is more rewarding than money? Question mark? Uh-oh. I don't like where this is going out of the gate. I used to work in an art cafe in Ukraine, and I was a manager slash host slash security slash account slash janitor slash dishwasher and almost homeless because my paycheck was miserable. There was no way I could afford any living on it. I had to stay in my brother's apartment and sleep on a broken sofa. But anyway, 
The boss wasn't nice either. She was manipulative, unresponsive, and forced me to deal with her messed up situations. For example, she ran a Groupon promo that said something was free, and she would not put an expiration date on it. So when people would come, she would tell me on the phone to turn them down. All the customers got angry at me because she, quote unquote, wasn't around. This one customer was literally screaming in my face from anger. I thought she could attack me, lol. That is funny. (laughs) LOL, almost got fucking attacked at work. (laughs) I also worked more than we agreed. My hours were sort of insane. I did meet a nice guy in there, and it was the only reason and relief of me being there. Once things started heating up and that man and I became an item, she became even more aggressive and snappy at me. She also delayed my pay for a month, and I decided to quit. She only gave me half my pay and said she's a bit short on money and she'll pay me next week. There was no money next week, or ever. She would always come up with excuses not to pay me, but the last one was the most epic. I called her, and instead of being slightly apologetic, she had this mocking and mean voice saying, Consider your new boyfriend as your last paycheck. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I was speechless and felt that I had had enough of that. My miserable pay is on her shoulders. She was right, though. My boyfriend at that time took me to the U.S., helped me to get an education and learn the language I used to tell this story, and took care of me for years. So, yeah, I guess it was a pretty generous last pay. Thanks, boss. P.S. Later I found out that she had a crush on my now ex-boyfriend. He's a wonderful human being. It just didn't work out at the end. And us dating was driving her nuts. So, there you go. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was beautiful yeah she totally had the hots for her her boyfriend what a bitch but you know what like she said she was right in the end yeah and wow we should call her old boss up and thank her she's probably dead (laughs) so jokes on her that's fucked up yeah that was probably a fucked up thing to say here's the thing i love making jokes about Oh, God, it's going to sound horrible. People who deserve to die. I love making jokes about them being dead and that being a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're not happy that there's a war. No. That's what you're saying. Absolutely not. I'm just saying that, like, you know what? Given the tragedy of the situation that is going on over there, a bright side in it would be that maybe this bitch took a missile to the face. Yeah. You know? Sure. And that's all I'm saying. Silver lining. Silver lining. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I got you. <laughs> um, but cool. Good job, Bulga. Yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> what a unique name. What a unique name. And <laughs> what a crazy sounding country. It's yeah. crazy. Very crazy. But yeah. I'm glad everything's working out better for you here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing that she goes from having to deal with a boss like that to a coworker like you. <laughs> she doesn't work with me, okay? She's anonymous. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah. Olga works with me. Oh, that's right. Not Olga. she's hate you for this. <laughs> I'm so going to get in trouble for this. Yeah. But here's the thing, Bolga. Uh, <laughs> nobody is listening to this podcast. Yeah. So except you, maybe just to make sure we don't blow your cover. If you have a quitting story, please send it to don'tquitpod at gmail.com. Doesn't have to be funny. Just has to be interesting. Yeah. Are we doing fired too? Where are we going to do that? Also, yes, we are. We can do fired. Due to these unprecedented economic times, we're expanding the segment <laughs> to include any of those of you who have been fired, not just to ha- have a you know a quitting story. Yeah, a good getting fired. A story. good getting fired story, also because you know, as we've been talking about with Ryan, he may even get fired. Yeah, you know, you know, and. I'll write into the podcast. Lead by example. He won't even get a chance to quit his day job. Yeah. What's next? We've got... Dream slippy through your fingers. You want to go first? And this is where we talk about what we've done this week. Yeah. Okay. In the last week, I got rejected from a comedy festival that I've gotten into three times before. So that really sucks. But it's also understandable because they like to give 
new faces opportunities there and you know you said i wasn't funny but i've never been rejected from a festival have you ever submitted to one nope but <laughs> my point still <laughs> i was sad about that but the next day i submitted to a new festival the boston comedy festival and then i reached out to gotham comedy club about their new talent showcase and heard back from them and at first, they said, you have to bring 10 people. Classic bringer fucking But 10 people thing. is the most I've ever heard for a bringer show. Is so, that how it was? It like stand-up live and stuff? I'm pretty sure that was like... You might be right. The New Faces shows in Phoenix. I'm pretty <sighs> sure we're like that. Maybe I just... That's how long I've been away from really doing comedy is I forgot how many people you have to bring at a bringer show. Yeah. But I just thought that was a really tall order to have to bring 10 people. Super is when you're a fucking loser like you. <laughs> yeah. And especially since, like, I'm not going, so that's one you got to make up for. You weren't invited anyways. <laughs> wow. So. You have to have some kind of hate to not want someone specific at a bringer show. <laughs> well, most of my jokes I don't want you to see because they're all about how much you suck. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I helped you write them, so. I helped me write one. All right. <laughs> so he emailed me back and he said, the lowest amount of people you can bring is six. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I at least asked because I just don't think I I can do 10. I know 10 people, but I don't know 10 people that love you. <laughs> love enough. me so much to pay $20 a ticket plus two drinks. Right. Just it's a lot of money for the friends that I have who, you know, are working class and trying to pay their bills. Right. You know, so it's like, mm, should I get a root canal or go to my friend's fucking showcase? <laughs> exactly. Show. So I booked a show there on February 13th. So I will provide the information for that. I guess like where you can go to buy tickets next week. So I got booked and that's a big deal. Woo. And I went up at another mic and Double woo. I ran the bit that I had been, I've been working on the last two episodes. It's really funny because I was on the late mic. I got picked to go up last. Very so, last person on a show that starts at 930. Yeah. And almost everybody had left at that point. And I was thankful that there was even a handful of people left watching me. Mm -hmm. But I was assuming it was not going to go well, even if the joke was good. I was very nervous before I left for the mic. I remember before I left, I told you I was scared. And you said, don't be scared. Just be excited. This is a good thing. It really put me at ease. And the whole time I was there, I was just chill. And I was like going over the jokes that I had been memorizing. And when I got up there, you know, there were still nerves it was the first time I was running parts of that, the bit mm. that were new. I was in this state of I'm calm and I know if I slip on a joke or can't remember something, I'm capable enough to figure it out, yeah. which is a mindset that's hard for me to get into. Yep. And so I just want to say thank you for you just making me feel like oh. everything was going to be okay. You're welcome, babe. Yeah. I love you. Just fuck. A whole, just a whole episode of the us rest fucking. of the, the podcast. Just, we just dropped the mics and recorded <laughs> fucking and then just put it out. It, it's like, oh, babe, we forgot to cut it down. <laughs> we should cut out some well, of the foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, we don't need to cut it down at all. It was so quick. Uh, <laughs> it was like lo shorter than a normal podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. Yeah. Triple woo. So yeah, when, when we go get to taste testing, I'll play the joke for you and we can see how it's evolved. Yeah. And we'll talk about where to go next with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just want to say too, I'm so glad I didn't fucking go with you to that show. Cause that you were gone for like five hours. Yeah, and that's a, that's another thing about like why this is so hard. Because it's like, you know, if you're not feeling good physically and you have a demanding job, 
It's a whole night. Yeah. It's another fourth of your day, you know? Yeah. It can be. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt bad. Like, I wanted to go. I had planned on it, like usual. Yeah. But as you kind of alluded to, which I was kind of thinking too, is like, it might be good for me to take that time to spend on my own stuff. Yeah. Which is what you did. Which is what I did. Good segue into my week. I mean, I did utilize that time. You know, I was like kind of excited going into that block of like, what, five, six hours. At the end of the day, it was good that I did it, but I mean, I was kind of griping to you, just fucking lamenting how nothing really super caught fire. Like I came up with four really loose ideas, basic things. Maybe two of them have legs, maybe none of them do. So it was just kind of um, a little frustrating to finally have that much time to just go and open myself up and just try to let loose and see what comes out. And it didn't feel very fruitful. And if I want to be like a professional producer, I have to be able to crank out even though even the best producers have like days like that some even have weeks like that yeah it's hard to like internalize that when you think every moment matters right and then your anxiety starts to and then anxiety builds you feel like you're wasting time am i wasting my time 100 percent. when you think about what we talked about last week with dopamine you have to try to remind yourself to enjoy the process yeah yeah you know? I was kind of counting on even if nothing super fruitful came from it that I would at least get into that state of play and like freedom yeah and, and you know and not really boxed into anything which I was like 50 percent of the way there I would get excited about something I'd hit a dead end pretty quick and then I would labor for like an hour yeah trying to like stumble my way out of it Good and bad, but trying to just look at it as good because spending any time is better than nothing. But exactly when you expect more out of yourself, it's like, oh, fuck. feel like I had like a very noob level session, you know. That's how I felt when I went up and ran the joke that I've been working on the first time. Yeah. And I was like, man, this felt like a complete waste of time. Yeah. But then you see later down the road that it's not. I saw that when I went up the second time. You just need to trust the process, yeah, basically. For sure. And the other thing that I had mentioned to you in the last week is I think it's really important to start your day with 15 minutes of watching music producers on YouTube yeah. or <clears throat> listening to some music or playing around, not even working on a project in the morning, but doing the thing that that makes you the happiest in the morning before you start work, which is the thing that you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have been bringing this up, and I do need to do that. Because it sits with you while you're at work, and the whole thing is when you work on a project, you have to give yourself space. And I know we've talked about this, but just for the podcast, but like you have to give yourself space after you work on something and I need you at some points to tell me that I have to stop trying to work on a joke I'm working on because I'm not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you start your day with something and then you work, that's where the space comes in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your brain, because it's like your brain is working subconsciously on it, kind of. Yeah. Because I know then when I come back after I've given it space and I look at it, different angles start showing up with, well, what can I, how can I look at it from this point of view? Or if I add this into the joke right, right. W- that I wouldn't have thought about. You kind of refreshed your... Yeah, you refresh because like you go throughout your day and little things as you're thinking about the joke, your experiences throughout that day or song too can kind of make you go, oh, like this thing that just happened to me can act actually like go in one of the jokes I'm yeah, working yeah, on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know how that applies to music directly, but I feel like it's, oh, it, it certainly does. does. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I should start my day with a little bit of just like freestyle writing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like nothing that's actually projects you're working on. Mm-hmm. Just something that is like getting your mind flowing. Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Following up on last week when we listened to your chill trap song. And your fart song. Oh, yeah. Did you get anywhere uh, working on those? No, because that 
that whole six hour chunk that I could have spent on that, I really wanted to just do sort of blank slate. Like I needed to feel like I was getting into some flow state, not yeah. going in with a purpose on something. Yeah. But I did like pull it up and like listen to it a few times and think about edits to make. I think I might be overproducing it a little bit, even though both of them, the, the chiller the, trap, the chiller trap one. I think I might be overproducing a little. I might want to rework it a tad. So not sure there yet. I'm gonna see what I can do. And then the Oliver fart thing. I did start actually, you know, switching out sample choices and like tightening it up and and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't do a whole lot to it. Changed the bass. I like changed the drums up and okay. made some edits. What you could do is in the mornings is listen to both those songs without working on them. Just listen to them. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. You know, just hear them and let that sit with you throughout the day too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the goal is to get you on Spotify. I know you want to have something up there that you're proud of. So I'm just going to keep pushing you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad for it. Yeah. I, I want that. Yeah. And I mean, if you have other ways that you think will be helpful too, or other methods to help you get to that point to create a Spotify, throw them out there. I'm just working with what I yeah, yeah, am yeah. coming up with. Totally, you know? totally. For how many times I've listened to like the Chiller Trap demo, I am almost annoyed that I had the thought of like, whoa, I suddenly heard it differently for the first time in a long time because I've heard it so many times. It's just ingrained in here. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to like think about the right edits that may be needed but for some reason something clicked the other day when I was listening to it and went like whoa wait a second I think I might need to do something totally different with the bass and stuff mm-hmm. and the rhythm it was like this, this weirdly fresh take that was regressive to the progress of getting it released right because mm-hmm. it would involve all right well let me now I gotta chase down this lead and be like do I really need to do that? I need to like save a copy, fuck around with what is kind of coming to mind and see if that is an improvement or not. And then try to quickly discern before I get stuck. Like, is this worth chasing down or was I wrong? Like, it's yeah. just now I have to do that. Yeah. You know, but try to be eyes on the prize about it. Yeah. Oh, also just random segue i think this is time to bring it up but did we talk about felix cartal's manager no okay yeah so that was the next follow-up that i needed to bring up so just in case people don't know from the first episode right so i had emailed a dj slash producer's manager because i was thinking about fleshing out a submission to a competition to a full song this producer had like put on with a sample of his and so i wasn't sure if it was like copyrighted if i should even bother trying to make this beat into a full song so i reached out to his manager and the manager got back to me and i mean i didn't really see it going this way but it's not entirely surprising that the sample did actually come from felix cartal like tracks that have been released so they are copyrighted material there's all sorts of legality wrapped up in that from the singer and the different writing credit like whatever i thought it was maybe samples he had just whipped up for the competition so they wouldn't be it wouldn't be an issue guess they were ripped from tracks he had has released so his manager uh, was very nice and was just like yeah you know it's probably not worth your time because it is copyrighted stuff have you thought about this suggestion i was like yep that's what i was gonna probably do if this is how it turned out but thanks for your time he said like good luck on your music journey or something like that and i was like oh yeah cool yeah and when you sent that to me i even said i know this is weird because it's kind of a rejection email yeah yeah but it was really exciting that to be responded to to be responded to yeah especially because he was so positive and kind about it yeah i feel like it's one of those things where if you don't hold back and you reach out to people like that sometimes it comes back full circle and you're like oh yeah Yeah. like remember we met when i emailed you about blah 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 for sure dude i mean i i've thought about that shit a lot too and part of my goal has been to get to a level where i don't have any if ands or buts about that kind of stuff and more specifically so there are tons of producers 
a lot of people who are like household names, they literally just fucking were like grinding all the time, working all the time on music, creating demos and just blasting labels, people like names they knew. It could be some nobody's manager who they just know is like that genre or that flavor of music, just hustling their own shit. That's how a lot of people get anywhere. And I've known that that is an avenue, but I have to know that my music is good enough to do that. So the goal up to this point has been to get to that level so that I can do that hustling, that unabashed, you know, but tactful reaching out to different people in the right ways and hoping that I get some connection with someone or some people on my music. Yeah. But I have to know that it's there. I have yeah. to be able to A, B my tracks with someone else's track who is like associated with that and not be able to tell the difference or at least be able to like think they're on the same level. The only thing I would say is when I was in my first few years of comedy, I had sets that went well, but looking back on them now, I can tell that I was very green, mm-hmm. right? But you still try to get booked on shows even though you're yeah. not as good as you'd like to be you know what i'm saying yeah so the only thing i would say to that is i mean if that's how you really feel that's understandable obviously you don't want to be putting crap out there yeah but i don't want to end up on catatonic youth's instagram but (laughs) i wish i knew that reference but it's that page that i send you posts to from time to time that are like really bad like bands oh yeah okay it's it's cringe core fucking shit yeah yeah uh, if you've never seen it, you should go. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Instagram catatonic youth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to end up on that shit. This is what I'll say is that you won't. I know. And the music that you've shown me and are showing people on this podcast is not anywhere near something that is like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. So what I would say is don't be afraid to take a chance to reach out and network because you're not going to burn any bridges Yeah, but I also don't want to waste those. Like early in the pandemic, this producer I really like, Shalu, he was doing a lot of live stream sets and stuff. And he had like cultivated a bit of a community with his fans and stuff and had an email address that he was like, send your demos to this. Mm. And it's like, I want to fucking do that, but I don't want to do that before I'm ready or before it's good enough. And then be like a couple years later, oh, now I'm actually good enough. Let me, Here's I the already difference. have the impression of Here's not. Here's the difference. You know, that wouldn't be burning a bridge. That's like submitting to a comedy festival and getting denied. That would be like me going, well, I'm not going to submit to that comedy mm. festival because I'm not as good as I could be. You know what I mean? If somebody's openly like, send me your stuff, it's not like you're tracking someone down going, hey, will you yeah, listen to that's me? True. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that makes sense. Just keep that in mind going forward. Totes. All right, projects we're yeah. working on. I'll play my clip. This is the taste testing segment so i'm gonna follow up with part of the bit that i've been working on and i guess i'll just play the clip for you and we'll talk about it yeah i don't know kids i mean we just we we made fun of each other for being different that's just normal human behavior and one time there was a bully he was like you're a fat loser so i was like oh yeah well you're gay and it's funny because like we really weren't that different. Like I went home and packed a bunch of fudge into my fat face, and he went home and packed a bunch of fudge into his gay <laughs> ass. <laughs> you know? Really, like two peas in a pod. I like that one guy laughing, but um, uh-huh. he like knew it was coming. So listening to that, I hear that it's much better. The original version was edited down because I was, like, afraid to say he packed a bunch of fudge into his ass. It it just felt wrong. It felt, it felt, look, I haven't been doing stand-up enough to really know what chances to take yet again, which is funny, because when I first started, I was scared as hell, but I still did, Right. I still did really dark, edgy stuff, like, I even did a rape joke once. And it worked, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it, it worked because I was, like, a 20-year-old going, rape. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, oh, my God, she's not old enough to know that she can't get away with that for very long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
I don't really know what else to say about that joke other than that's going to stay the way it is for now. And the other parts of the bit are still being developed. So um, the next part of the bit is about me getting into a fight with this girl. And I've been trying to develop this story because I'm not a big storyteller. And so set up punch, set up punch, which is the way all comedians do it, but just in different ways. Yeah, Mine is very quick because I have to have a, a laugh. It's a, it's about like laughs per minute. There are some comedians that can that can perform without a laugh for a minute or longer because they're setting something up and then the payoff is so big, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's worth it, yeah. And I'm not one of those comedians. You know, I have to have a laugh in everything that I'm saying yeah. at some point. Real quick side tangent. Yeah. That reminds me of, I remember me and Mike O'Day talking way long back when we were in like comedy troupe together. I remember we were talking once. He brought it up to me like years later. He's like, this really stuck with me. Like I had some nugget of wisdom, Mm -hmm. but it was that in reference to like doing a scene, like an improv scene or or whatever, and it just not going well. And Mm -hmm. like how like that feels on stage and when minutes go by and there's like, oh shit, it's kind of like we're dying up here. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter as long as, the last thing you do is funny. Yeah. That makes it all make sense. That's what people will remember. Yeah. So as long as, you know, at the end of it, it makes sense. That's, that's kind of the thing. So it makes me think of like in stand up going on and on without necessarily a joke, but yeah. the payoff, that's what matters if that makes it all make sense. Yeah. But then it's also like, it's about the setup and that all has to make sense too. And right. This whole time with this second half of the bit, I've been figuring out what's really funny about this yeah, fight. Right. You know, it's hard for me to talk for a very long time and not get a laugh when I don't even really know what's funny about it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the fight that I get into with this girl, originally she bumped into me and my friends who were walking and goes, excuse me, and walks into a clothing store and... I got so pissed off. I went in there and the most I could come up with to yell at her was to have a good day. And I was just like, I hope you have a good day. And burn. Uh, she tried to say something and I was like, it doesn't matter. I just hope you have a really good day. Okay. And I like walk away. And then she comes out of the store and she goes, you never know what a person's going through. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> and what I said was, that's great. I hope you have a really good day. And then I just kept walking. So that's what actually happened. But I've been trying to form this joke into something that is much funnier than that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll play the most developed version after I go up this week uh, with it. Or should I play it now? No, no I it's up to you. Yeah, there's, there's not enough time for it. Unless it'd be good to play it so that people can see the evolution of it. Right. There's that too. What do you want? What do you want to do? Let's just play it. We're going to play it, guys. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So okay. we'll just... you know, as I've gotten older, um, you know, I try to, to have compassion and understanding. Um, so when people are rude to me, you know, I'm like, that's, they're going through something. You know, it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm probably being a stupid bitch. Um, but I feel like there's just some people who just want to be shitty. There's nothing you can do. Like a couple of years ago, uh, I was walking home from a bar with a group of my friends. We were cutting through a Walmart and I had a, my bike with me and this girl shoves us and just goes, excuse me, and then barges into the Walmart. And I was so pissed and my friends were like, just let it go. And I was like, no, dude, there's some things that you let go and then there's some things that are unresolved from your childhood <laughs> that you have to make every fight about and this bitch has to pay for that gay kid calling me a fat loser. <laughs> Hold my bike and my beer, I'm going in. And so I barge in there and I go, hey, I just wanna say, I hope you have a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's my way of being mean. I don't know she was like, excuse me? And I was like, you heard me. I hope you have a really good day. And as I'm saying that, I realize my helmet's on. And I'm slurring my speech because I'm tipsy. And so everybody leaving the store thinks I'm greeting the, the people. And so they're like, thank you, you too. And I just walked out of there completely embarrassed. Um, but she followed me out and uh, she goes, you have no idea what a person is going through. And I was like, I know yeah, exactly what you're going through. Because you butcher it. People yeah. who are minding their own business because you don't want to handle your own emotions. So that's how you justify your shitty behavior. And she goes, you didn't just come up with that. You are just saying that right now. You're saying that I'm saying that to make it sound like you had a good comeback, but you didn't. <laughs> Actually, I'm probably not as big of a bitch as you're painting me as, and you're just trying to make yourself look cool. Wow, some integrity you have. End quote. Can you believe she said that to me? <laughs> What a bitch. All right, that's my time. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I love it. It sounds rusty. Yeah, it sounds rusty, but the joke is there. But it's funny. these are the nuggets that I'm going to be jumping off with this week. And yeah. we're going to see how it develops next episode. Hell yeah. So that's what I'll be working on. Sweet. Do you want to show us something that you're working on? Oh, like a different thing? Like yeah. A new thing? Oh, shit. I'm not prepared. So you want to just kind of play something that you messed around with on Saturday? Ah, God. Sure. Um, Here's one. Pretty much just like eight bar loops, essentially. Nothing crazy here. I found a guitar loop. I liked the chords. Just whipped up a beat bass line and vibe behind it, but it's also like, oh, fuck, it's only like four bar like simple ass thing and if i want to like change it up there's no more guitar chords that are recorded just like that like that sample is just really small mm -hmm. so i may try to use a vst with a guitar and just make my own shit it's a, like VST. a, a virtual instrument wouldn't that be a real instrument no like like a guitar uh sampler Mm -hmm. where I can play it with a keyboard. I can program oh, right. in, but it sounds like a guitar because all the notes have been recorded from a regular guitar, and you're just triggering the notes. I thought yeah. all the instruments in Ableton are virtual instruments. I mean, yeah, they are. But I used a sample to build that off of, which is different than the virtual instrument. Yeah, a sample off of... Some sample pack, yeah, where they two seconds. Acoustic guitar, but it's not my so I can just play my own shit. Oh man, I was just fucking around in this really well-known virtual instrument program called Omnisphere. A lot of people fucking use it. Fucking Phineas uh, uses it. Who's that? Billie Eilish's brother. Oh. He like produces all their music. Okay. He's like, I fucking love this thing. And what is it? It's, it's a program. It's just got tons of sounds in it. Tons of different sounds, textures, yeah. like everything you can imagine. So I was like poking around with just going through patches randomly. Little stabs. This is from an atmosphere. These are all fucking atmosphere patches. It sounds like it's making me think of like um, there's like a PI who's <laughs> running through a Molly crowd in a concert <laughs> trying to like catch uh, some guy who's got a bomb. Cool. I've got a soundtrack from a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> I'm going places. Woo. Do you, when you create, do you have an image of like what it's making you picture? I have a very visual experience with music. Yeah. So I am. I don't know if we talked about this on a podcast or just in a conversation, but kind of going into how I was talking about the different ways to write music or like, at least for me, the couple different approaches are one, 
fiddling around and like seeing what you can create and like building on top of that just sort of blindly. And the other way is like picturing and hearing exactly what you want and then transcribing that. Yeah. And when I hear music and then, and also when I'm like creating it in my head, there's a visual component to it. Yeah. But not in the sense of like a music video or a scene that goes over it more like, Sort of like a synesthesia kind of thing, but not really. Was that a flume video that we watched with that parrot? Yeah. Is it kind of like that? No. When I'm on psychedelics, oh. that kind of shit happens. Okay. Have you ever tried to edit music while you're on psychedelics? No, but I've wanted to, and I've thought about it. Maybe I played guitar on acid, which was trippy. Really? It was really fucking cool. Maybe we do that. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. I've wanted to do that a lot. But I've never done it, so. Well, we have some mushrooms. So maybe you do music and I do some writing. That would be dope. I'm not going to commit to performing. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, maybe. Definitely not. Maybe that's something we do this weekend. Yeah. Where we do shrooms and work on our craft and then show the audience what we came up with. That would be dope. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. You're in for a treat. All right, so homework for next week. For me, it's to run this bit again at a mic, more memorized, confident, and rewritten in a way that I see fit to make stronger. Mm -hmm. And I'll show the development of that. I think as far as like performing goes, I'll get any information for purchasing tickets to that show. And maybe we should talk about like goals. What should my goal be? Oh, shit, that sounds like a you problem. (sighs) You know what I'll have for my goal for next week? I'm Mm going to reach out to the Phoenix Comedy Clubs and see if I can get a feature spot there. This will be my homework for next week, and I think we should both have something that is attainable for the following week. Like when you messaged Felix Cartel's manager. Yeah, Yeah. You know, something as simple as sending an email. It's a, just about momentum in the small things. Yeah. So what what is yours going to be? I don't know, bro, because uh, I am going out of town on Monday. I'm, it's already time for me to leave to San Francisco, and I'll be gone for basically two weeks. What is an attainable goal for you for next week? I don't know. To help move yourself forward. I don't know. Maybe finish that Chiller okay. Trap demo. But that's not necessarily an attainable goal because you don't know what it's going to take to finish that correct so how about you listen to that song every morning before you start work okay and on the weekends too but you listen to it every morning and you think about what it needs and then you give it some space during the day and take a look at it later okay cool that and the fart song yeah so once in the morning you listen to them and then at night, you play around a little bit and see what comes up. Cool. doesn't have to be for very long, but just see how it helps you develop that song. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sounds That's good. That's doable, simple, attainable, and you can cut yourself whenever you need to. You cut yourself off whenever cut, you need yeah. to. I will yeah. cut myself every day just to feel alive. Remember that status you showed me from 10 years ago that said it was so happy? Oh, yeah, that I had hope? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so different from who you are now, and I I really want you to get back. That's not going to happen. Unless things really change. (laughs) Should I read the status to people? Yeah, read the status. So they know what you're talking about? That's the problem. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. I know. It actually threads into, like, I mean, I know we're out of time, but for science segment, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it anyway. Because we're talking about happiness. Yeah. The topic I wanted to talk about is around anti-fragility and basically being a resilient person, more than resilient, being anti-fragile, which is essentially amounts to, like, no pain, no gain, essentially, or whatever. Like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Mm -hmm. type of stuff. But I just watched a... uh, YouTube video on the topic and actually one of the like guest Pete Holmes was in it actually, which was funny because he's not like a scientist or psychologist, but just as like a, a person who is very in tune with reality. The YouTube channel is called Big Think. Anyway, 
So it was like on anti-fragility. There's like sort of biological and like natural uh, applications of this word. But from a human psychology standpoint, it's about like increasing your, your resolve and not basically collapsing under the weight of the world. And one of the topics about happiness and there's a bit of stoicism wrapped up in this kind of like an eastern ancient philosophy kind of like stuff but the whole thing with wanting to become happier is like a self-defeating exercise because every expectation that is unmet is a disappointment and a reminder that you're not where you should be and it just feeds unhappiness. I feel like that's the exact spot you're in right now. For sure. And I tell myself that a lot. So it gets extra juicy when you're completely aware and the feelings don't necessarily change, you know, even Mm -hmm. though like you're in full like recognition and awareness and still feeling sort of trapped in something. Anyway, so... the positive stat after all that high gravity stuff. Uh, <laughs> so this post was January 23rd, 2012. So this showed up in my Facebook the other day because it was like 11th anniversary, you know, this day 11 years ago. And I said, today marks both the end of a dark chapter and the beginning of a new start. I cannot contain myself. I am starting the rest of my life. And what was that point in your life? I was just about to head out to start training at my first job out of college and fly out from Phoenix to New Jersey to do like a six-week fucking like training with a bunch of other college graduates who got hired. And I was absolutely destitute and had no money, was in massive debt, had a frayed relationship with my stepdad that was really, really tense and stressful at the time. Yeah. At, at like, one point, you had to sell his guns for food. I had to sell our <laughs> guns. Yeah, our family yeah. guns for food. And and I even got yelled at because I like did it wrong and didn't get enough money for one of the guns. Yeah, dude. And he had, it's going to be a quick crash course, but went down to Tucson for like career fair stuff and then to start a, a job that I got offered I actually got offered two jobs when I went down there for a uh, career fair and had forgotten my shoes and had to do both interviews and flip-flops. That's a whole other story. But I was down there to like start this shitty job and he was mad at me for no reason because he's a fucking narcissist and he was threatening to report Brooke's car stolen on me because I used her car to go down to Tucson. And I was, yeah, it was just a bad place, had no money, had to take a a job as a prep cook for a couple weeks at Lamar or at Jenna's parents' restaurant that they owned at the time in Havasu. And then real quick, <laughs> we're gonna cut so much of this out, but it was yeah. funny being a a prep cook in Lake Havasu. I'm like just in between I had already had my job offer. Yeah. I was just waiting the fucking two months for the training to start. Yeah. They weren't paying me till I started like training. So I get you know Working in a as a prep cook in this new restaurant, and there's so much like riffraff there, and they just think I'm like one of them. Like this one guy was like, "Oh, I forgot the exact phrasing," but we're like in the back prepping stuff, or maybe even like taking a smoke break or something. And he was like, "It was something along the lines of like, how many times have you been to prison?" Just like <laughs> all casual, dude. Like. <laughs> That is yeah. amazing. And I was like, this guy has no fucking idea. Like, Would, I've got a degree and I'm Did you just, try to fit in? No. Were you like, oh, like five? No. <laughs> no. I just, kept, I just like kind of kept a little uh, inward because I knew I knew I was only going to be there a couple weeks uh, just so I could make the minimum payment on my credit card bill. That is so funny. Yeah. Anyway, anti-fragility stuff. How does this come into play? What you said is you can't just wish that you were happy. What should you be doing? Oh, uh, you know, just giving in to the universe. <laughs> no, I mean that it really does kind of go come down to like gratitude's a good a great thing. I mean, I think that's relevant here. Really taking a stoic mindset to stuff and just remembering all the time that 
you cannot control anything but your own thoughts and actions. And that is responsible for how you feel you are. How about the thing on Stutz, the snapshot? Yeah, that's a great corollary to it. The I mean, snapshot right. on Stutz is the picture that you have of what your life should be. Yeah. Which is not a real thing. Right. It's not something anybody ever really gets. Or they do, like Jonah Hill. Like yeah. he, That was his snapshot, but that's not it. That's not the thing that makes you happy. It might be something that you can attain that snapshot of what your picture-perfect life is in your mind, but that's not what will make you feel fulfilled. It's about right here, right now, in yeah. the moment, what can you do? Right. The only thing that ever exists is the present moment you find yourself in. So you have to find a way to make yourself be okay with where you're at. Yep. Yeah. And fuck, that is hard. <laughs> it is hard. And I know you're not happy with where you're at. And, you know, neither am I. Still, yeah. Just got to keep zooming out. Take a step back. We're living in daily time scales and how we feel, and it's turbulent on yeah. a day to day basis. But you know. my coworker today said feelings are not facts. Was that Bolga? It no. It was. It was. <laughs> Bakyle. It was. It was Blem. <laughs> wow! Very wise stuff there, Blem. So, uh, word of the day. Word of the day. Let's, the word uh, of the day is get on with it, guys. As each episode... Look, if people can listen to Joe Rogan for like four fucking hours... Is that how long his podcast is? We're are? fine. Is that how long his podcast They are? can be anywhere. It depends on how much time the guest has, but yeah. Damn. They can be... How do you talk for four fucking hours? All right. When you're fucking dumb, you can just talk forever. <laughs> Do you have your mic? Okay. Word I thought you day. had set it down. I didn't see it. I got you. All right. Word of the day today. Marginalia. Oh, I'm out. Marginalia. I can't spell it, and so for those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> Marginalia. Let me look at this. Yep. Marginalia. Noun. M-A-R-G-I-N-A-L-I-A. An Italian's taint. I, I love this. What do you think it means? Yeah, well, that's that's the new Mar segment. Marginalia. Marginalia. Yep, that's a new segment. Yeah, it's an Italian's gonads. It's a type of margarine you put on a vagina in Mongolia. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, they they do have their special marginalia over there. I think I've seen it at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I just took like three different sounds of different uh, words that sound in that word and put it put together. Them together. <laughs> Mar <laughs> okay. All right. What does it really mean? It's a plural noun that refers to notes or other marks written in the margins of a text oh. into non-essential matters or items. The student's loved flipping through their literature textbooks to find the marginalia left behind by former students. All right, well, a bit of a dud. Uh, um, let's tie this in. Not everything has to be tied in, you know? The... Okay, I guess it does. <laughs> the marginalia of my comedy notebooks is mm. slim pickings. There should be more. Oh, fuck, dude. I'd say mic drop, but please don't. I don't want to have to buy <laughs> another one. Yeah, see, that doesn't apply to me because I don't do that. You got to you know make what? it work. Make it work. All right, I want to fucking make it work, dude. Being a white Christian male these days has me feeling real marginalia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that, we're going to sign out. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on If you have a quitting story or getting don't fired quit story, please send pod. it to don'tquitpod at gmail.com. We also would like Email to promote anything that is your dream that you're working on. 
as well. Ryan and I talked yeah. about it. We decided that as part of the quitting or getting fired stories, we want to put stuff out there that is your dream so that we can help spread the love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Plus, I just think it's more interesting and more communal. Yeah. Yeah. Share each other's art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about us, you know? It's yeah. about you, the listener. Yeah. The listener. There's none. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>